0: Namaste.
1: So, we're going to take a journey, a pilgrimage to Jivan Mukti. And a pilgrimage, as you know, is always a journey to the highest, the most sacred, the holiest point that can be reached. And here the journey is to the holy of holies, the innermost core of our being, the journey of remembrance and recognition, A journey that requires the discipline of overcoming habitual patterns, of remaining superficial and scattered and uh, with a consciousness that is Uh, diffuse rather than concentrated and one that is uh, dissociated and often at odds with itself. So it is a transformation of consciousness via this pilgrimage of meditative focus that stays true to what is real within us. Therefore, it should be obvious that the only obstacle really is the ego. So we're going to take a journey that has seven stops. The first stop is a flea market. And from there, we're gonna go to a restaurant It's a gourmet restaurant uh, that has a liquor license. So we can all get divinely drunk. And then we're gonna go to a bookstore. And then from there, we're going to go to a diamond market. And then from there, we're gonna go to the ultimate treasure house where all of the riches and wealth of our divine nature are stored. And then we'll go to the, the border the checkpoint, the gate to liberation, and then finally freedom, the absolute supreme selfhood that is already our nature, but that many have forgotten. So we start off at a flea market flea market is a place where you try to get rid of something that has no value and hope somebody will buy it from you. And you look at all the things that have no value that other people are trying to sell (laughs) and you sometimes fall for uh, thinking that you can use it. But for the most part, most people walk away without uh, making too many purchases and usually not able to sell very much. So the flea market for us is uh, that place where we go in order to try to get rid of the ego, because it isn't worth very much. In fact, it has a negative value. So let's be very candid in our understanding of the ego. The ego is a mental illness, literally. It's a disease of the soul. We were not meant to have an ego. We were meant to live in the soul and the soul's consciousness of God, the Buddha nature, Allah, the infinite, the Brahman, the the totality of non-duality. But the soul itself, through time, has lost its vibrational energy and it has become diseased. Sometimes I think of the ego as uh, barnacles that have been encrusted on the hull of a ship that slow it down. But really, that's not a strong enough metaphor. It's a cancer in the soul. It's a tumor that has to be removed. Because the ego itself is the cause of our suffering. It's a false self. It's an acquired self. No one was born with an ego. Although these days so many traumas happen even during the prenatal period, before actual birth, that a often an anxious, traumatized proto-ego is already present at birth. And then the way that births are, uh, are, are, are done, way, the way the deliveries are, happen in most of the Western countries in hospitals are, are so uh, traumatizing that, uh, that the, the ego is burdened from the very beginning uh, with uh, a, uh, a negative reactivity to the world that it has entered. and and very often for reasons of uh, the situation that brought about the conception and the pregnancy and the conditions and the relationship of the parties that were responsible for the conception and the family situation and economic situation and other factors uh, are, create a a very ripe environment for the need for an ego with many defenses and many uh, layers of uh, anesthesia and often fragmentation uh, to deal with the amount of pain that is carried by a consciousness that has not yet even acquired language and so cannot categorize, cannot think about these things, that cannot uh, coherently understand its own uh, need for defending itself against adverse energies and uh, uh, situations of neglect or abuse or other forms of intentional or unintentional trauma, that uh, regardless of the kinds of repair that are made later, there is such a a primitive uh, defense system that uh, is, is developed that it can prevent and stunt the growth of someone throughout their lives. And because of the nature of the postmodern collapsing civilization into which people have been born, in which uh, culture itself has lost its higher values and uh, the, the capacity to even recognize that we are souls has been lost, even ridiculed by the materialism and atheism and uh, consumerism and the dumbed down educational situation that most people have to go through. All of that um, has led to a situation where the ego is burdened uh, with uh, A, a kind of uh, internal uh, self-division, self-hatred, uh, self-images that are uh, disturbed and uh, often anti-life, anti-growth, anti-curiosity, anti-truth, and and unable to accept a great deal of information that could destabilize it, it becomes very fragile. And because of its fragility and its instability, it tends to then need to project its own negativity, its own demonic nature onto others and it tends to need to collude with others who will buy into one's ego in which one can then create good guy versus bad guy scenarios and uh, dump on some egos at the expense of others and create all kinds of, of schisms. And the ego will invest in very unhealthy relationships, codependencies, and sadomasochistic relationality uh, because it has no internalized model of a healthy way to be or to love. Now, the ego could not even have come into existence except that the, uh, the if you all know the kundalini map, the seven chakras, chakras seven and six were foreclosed. Uh, Chakras uh, five and four have been suppressed and inhibited from being felt or activated. We can think of the chakras as turbines that are engines of prana and of energy that can move the soul into different vibrational frequencies. But the ego is the activation of only the lower three uh, chakras. And, uh, and if, one, if the third chakra becomes the dominant turbine, then one is filled with anger and uh, with a, a sense of wanting vengeance, retaliation, and uh, a sense of superiority and territoriality and hatred and uh, demonizing of the others. And it's bothered by uh, any uh, impingement on its space if it's in the ch- second chakra it's more in a state of of need uh, that can become demand and desperation and yearning to be uh, to be contained and it can't function uh, independently, can't think for itself often, or it can think, but it can't feel. Uh, it, it is a, a fragment of its itself that requires other fragments to support it and requires psychic waste dumps to take uh, the exhaust that it cannot process and uh, and and properly work through and then if it's only chakra one that is uh, functioning and even the, uh, the second and third have been uh, suppressed, then there, there is even a, 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 almost a, a conscious denial of one's existence because one lives in such denial of so much that, that one has uh, blinders on and it can lead to becoming a very avoidant personality. It can uh, can lead to uh, to censoring out tremendous amounts of information so that one cannot think clearly. It can lead to autism, uh, and it can lead to psychosis. So we, we have egos that are in a spectrum, in a range, depending on how early they were impinged on, how much they were traumatized, how chronic it was, and the types of abuse that may have happened, the types of of, uh, neglect, rejection, insults, attack, bullying, all of the kinds of phenomena that people have to go through in a typical childhood these days that uh, is... uh, is so aversive, and that does not uh, give one the the tools necessary to uh, healthily overcome the uh, the circumstances and turn the pain of the uh, lack of love and the lack of joy, the lack of wisdom in one's environment uh, into uh, into an ability to grow from it and uh, and to gain strength and empowerment and uh, a motivation uh, to reach the higher states of consciousness that are free of those kinds of malevolence so that's the situation where most people find themselves and it's a long way from jivan mukti so we we first have to understand the intensity of uh, the defenses, uh, even against being curious about the possibility of jivanmukti liberation from the ego uh, and from its uh, traumatic residues and consequences. In order to realize our true nature as blissful beings of pure awareness, who have actually never really been born. What was born was only a very tiny ray of the consciousness of your complete true self, but because that ray of consciousness, that point of light, the bindu that lights up in the third eye, becomes encrusted with false uh, ideas, beliefs, especially the belief that the consciousness is the body and uh, the ability to discern one's nature as pure awareness, not as matter, not as the vehicle that is carrying your consciousness, that that one cannot make that separation accurately. One falls into identification with all of the wounding that has happened psychologically. And, And it is that that people are trying to get rid of in the flea market, but they can't do it. You have to go to the hospital for that or you have to go to the, at least the med school and learn how the psyche functions and gain the clear knowledge of how to free yourself from it. So that, in a way, is the purpose of a retreat like this. The good news is the ego is false. It's not your real self, and you can free yourself from this mental illness if you choose to do it. You have the power of free will. You have the power of divine love and wisdom if you activate those chakras that are the engines of those powers, and you have the power to liberate yourself completely. But one has to activate the will and the capacity to understand the path and then take the action necessary. They call these icha, jnana and kriya. You have to have all three. Icha is the will. It's even precognitive. We often refer to it here as the upper death drive. The soul, the, the ego has a lower death drive. <clears throat> it wants to commit suicide or some proxy of suicide by blacking out, becoming so addicted, alcoholic, or uh, involved in some other way of spacing out. Even the internet is used for that. But, but people want to be in a state of distraction because they can't bear the pain that they're carrying and they somatize the pain. They'd rather turn it into physical uh, illnesses than suffer mentally and emotionally. And so these defenses lead to even further problems. So we have to use wisdom, will, power to transcend the ego, and then take the action necessary which is a practice of meditation in which the tendencies of the ego are gradually or quickly uh, released. So that's, that's our, our journey. If you're in the ego, you probably don't have a very high opinion of yourself. This is one of the problems, even though the defense against that is a superiority complex. But underneath that, if you do have one, there's an inferiority complex. They, don't, they come in pairs. Uh, so, uh, and you're probably aware of both pairs coming out at different times in different situations. <clears throat> but this pair of opposites is one of the main issues in the beginning of the journey because it will make you feel unworthy to take the journey or to rise beyond a certain point where you'll feel like you're too much of a sinner or you have too much baggage or you have too much or too little intelligence or love or or uh, to that you don't have what it takes to free yourself. All of that is an illusion but you will have to deal with the ego and the superego voices that will tell you you can't do it. And and those will have to be silenced and not entertained and not believed. That, that's the first action that will have to be taken. <clears throat> the ego is not real, uh, but you could say that... Uh, it's, it's in the same situation as processed food, which is not real food, okay? But if you eat it, it can actually uh, take away your health and cause you to lose your taste for real food. Uh, and so many people are addicted to junk food and uh, processed food that's actually you know, poisonous to their well-being, and that's the problem with the ego. It has learned to prefer poison uh, to nectar and to, uh, to really a healthy diet of high-level thoughts and feelings and attitudes and uh, actions of service that raise one's vibrational frequency. So we have to overcome the tendencies of the ego to defeat itself and to remain in a state of depression and anxiety rather than in joy and in empowerment.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org.